You are listening to the Grassroots StarCraft 2 podcast, episode 5, originally released on August 30th, 2022. This episode will be an interview with former Brood War player, current StarCraft 2 Diamond 2 Protoss, and Twitch streamer, Dreamer Toss. Let's see how it goes, man. Hello, internet. Hello, hello. <laughs> how are we doing? Good. Welcome, Dreamer Toss, to the podcast. Welcome to Grassroots StarCraft 2. Uh, had a little technical uh, hiccup there. I'll kind of, maybe I could just explain it now. So experimenting with music in the beginning of the podcast, and I think I unmuted you a little bit too early. <laughs> yeah, I heard you hy hyped up there as the intro was playing. So that, that'll be officially part of the intro, uh, the little kind of whispers and <laughs> statements you were just saying there. <laughs> hope Holy it, cut tree. Hope you don't mind. Yeah, a little bit of bloopers yeah. caught, but it's uh, that's what Grassroots StarCraft 2 is all about. It's all about, uh, you know, unedited episodes. I really do minimal editing for the show, and it's it's great to hear the hype in your in your voice in, your, in the tone of your voice you could use it for the highlight clips for youtube though <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah totally we need more reels need more tiktoks so sure okay well welcome to the podcast uh thanks for having me though i'm super excited we, ha we definitely have to give a, a shout out to nish aka the starcraft observer yeah. uh we were watching <clears throat> his stream not too long ago and we were just hanging out in his chat, talking. You were asking him actually about podcasts, right? About starting your own podcast. And then uh, the, my podcast, this podcast came into the topic. And I think you were maybe half joking about, hey, can I be on the podcast? I'm like, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I want you on the podcast. Come on, let's go. Yeah, sure. Happy to be featured on the podcast. <laughs> For sure. All right. So... Yeah, let's let's uh, talk about the different categories we're going to d discuss. So, mm -hmm. as usual, the first category we're going to jump into is player. Uh, the next topic after that will be streamer, and then fan, and then we'll do a little outro uh, where you can kind of plug your social media uh, and things like that. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Okay, so the the first uh, question here or discussion rather about under the player section. Let's talk about uh, Dreamer Toss, your I the ID that you use for StarCraft II and, and maybe talk about the history of it. It sounds like the name itself is a bit self-explanatory. You see the second half of the word Protoss in there, but can you tell me more about it? Okay, initially when I first started off playing um, StarCraft, right, there was a lot of different ID that was I did use a lot. There was like, I think I used Kira, the one from Death Note, um, Slasher as well. I used to use that, but it's a little bit too common. Then I noticed at the end of the day when I started to play a little bit more serious in with StarCraft 2, I got uh, to this idea of Dreamer though. That was when, actually before I started streaming as well. So yeah, the Dreamer, the ID actually comes from a Brewer Pro player's nickname. So it's actually Nelra, one of uh, Brewer Pro gamer. Uh, 
if you guys have no idea who is it you can check it out he's on you he's streaming on youtube as well he was a nemesis of slayers boxers himself so i was thought that uh since i'm a fan of him as well so might as well just use his nickname and uh he played Prodos, so do i so yep that's how i came about with this idea though that's for sure Okay, so we have a bit of a history. You had a few ideas before you before you ultimately <laughs> landed on the Dreamer Toss idea. But just to reiterate, the Dreamer Toss idea originated from this professional brood war player. Uh, his nickname. Yeah. His, okay. His nickname, and so he's um, a nemesis of Slayer's Boxer. I'm a little bit more familiar with Slayer's Boxer. Uh, mm, definitely. He was very hyped up in um, transitioning to StarCraft Two, mm. uh, Wings of Liberty. I actually saw him at. MLG Orlando in ah, 2011. Exactly. I saw him in person. There's that, I don't know if you remember, there's that iconic image of just him alone at MLG practicing. I think he was the first one there and he was the last player to leave every day of that tournament type of photo. Really iconic player. Um, if we didn't have a, a Slayer's Boxer, I imagine even the caliber of player you're referring to, we wouldn't have the StarCraft and StarCraft 2 that we have today. So... Mm, I guess that goes to show how hard it works for the community as well, though. Right. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, um, you know, back in the day, MLG wasn't a big... It was a big tournament, but it still wasn't mm -hmm. as big as GSL. But the way that... You're right, kind of what you're saying, that the way that they still treat the smaller tournaments and uh, showing the fans their best games ever, it's really inspiring. So it's cool you had this inspiration for your ID. Yeah. Okay, so sticking on the topic of history of you as a player, uh, let's let's talk about when did you first start playing StarCraft Two. Actually, I started playing ever since it was ever since it was out. Um, I should say I was introduced to StarCraft since since I was ten though, uh, because during I remember when I first, my house used to be very poor. So me and my sister used to go to my cousin's place and I'll be playing computer games with my cousin as my cousin, their home has two PCs. So I was looking at my cousin playing StarCraft and Warcraft as well. During that period of time, StarCraft and Warcraft was doing quite well though. Yeah, so I was playing Warcraft, but I think I'm more a little bit attached to Starcraft at first, and the fact is, I do play a lot of games from the Blizzard itself. So I, when St Warcraft Three came out, I jam jump over to Warcraft Three. Actually, I actually wanted to be a pro for Warcraft Three, though. Yeah, but after that, new game come out again, so I went over and played Dota. So it was on and off, uh, for Starcraft actually. So initially, when Starcraft Two came out, I was hooked onto it as well. But after a while, I went back to play a little bit of Dota and right here, yeah, right here. Now I'm back at StarCraft, serious with StarCraft again. All right. So a pretty comprehensive Blizzard gaming background. Mm. You said that mm. you um, didn't have the means, maybe the financial means growing up to play older computer games like Warcraft 3, the original StarCraft, eventually Dota. And so you went over to your cousin's your cousin's house you would play with your sibling and yeah so it's it's a great rts uh background i, I think that's what 
probably set you up to be successful in StarCraft 2, uh, having that prior Brood War experience. Some, some similarities. Uh, I haven't played as much. I haven't really played much Brood War. I played a little bit of uh, Warcraft 3, some of the mods in college. So just kind of goofing around with some of the many mods out there. I remember the Pokemon mod. You kind of one v one with Pokemon in Warcraft Three. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhat, we, we somewhat remember that. <laughs> it was, it was really fun. Yeah, it was really good. Must say. Okay, so you have an extensive Blizzard gaming background as a player, and then when you first started playing, you said you started playing StarCraft Two as soon as it came out. So we're talking 2010 time frame here. What race yeah. did you play? Okay, the fact is, when I played Brewer, I was playing Protoss. But after when I, when StarCraft Two came out, right, I wanted to switch over to Terran because Terran seems like a more interesting race in StarCraft Two as compared to Brewer because of the unique composition, I guess. Because in StarCraft Two, there's from the barracks itself, it, it totally destroyed gateway units with medivacs. And in Brute War, barracks unit totally get owned by Protoss gateway units. So the only way to defeat Protoss in Brute War is playing mech though. <laughs> yeah. So I get I it when it came out with Terran, right? I thought it was a really fun race with Marine Marauder. It just steam and kill the Protoss. But then in the end, right, I couldn't get used to the... I would say the mechanics as well as the hotkey. Although in StarCraft 2, you can customize your own hotkey. But the feeling of... I would say the natural... I would say... It just came by me to nature with Protoss blood, I guess. With the Protoss mechanic and everything. So in each, at the end of the day, I'm still more used to... Uh, playing the race with Protoss though. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. But I was having a really hard time when during Wings of Liberty as a Protoss player, to be honest. Uh, it takes me a while to figure out how do you play against a Steam Marine Marauder. At the end of the day, I'm not sure if you remember, at the end of the day, in Wings of Liberty's map, there's always one ram. So as long as you force field the ram, right? The Steam Marine Marauder couldn't get up the ram with no medivacs. So every time they steam, they lose health. So yeah, I was having a hard time with that for sure. Mm. Okay, so in Brood War, you were playing Protoss, but then it sounds like at the beginning of StarCraft II, you experimented with Terran. You liked the differences that Terran provided in StarCraft II versus Brood War. Uh, I did start StarCraft 2 at the beginning as well. So I and I did play Protoss. That was my first race. So I recall, you know, Protoss back in Wings days, it didn't have they didn't have a lot of the defensive things that Protoss needs this day to operate as a race, right? There was no um recall, there was no mothership core, there was no there were no batteries. Uh yeah. a lot of the defense was really relying sentries. on sentries exactly sentries with force fields a lot of the maps were very wide back then mm -hmm. like the naturals were very insanely wide mm -hmm. uh that but the ramp right like you were saying the ramp between the, the natural and the main i remember the width of those was smaller than than it yeah. is nowadays not significantly but i think there was there was a difference back then yeah 
I, I feel that's the beauty of it right now that the meta changed so much. Because last time you used to stay on one base for very long and if let's say you expand to your natural, you could mess up an army with two bases and still have a lot of minerals left <laughs> on your bases. So I guess right now they mine faster than last time. Yeah, and that's the change as well. I noticed in a lot in StarCraft 2 though, over the years since it came up. Right, especially Legacy of the Void. Was it Legacy mm -hmm. or Heart of the Swarm that they changed the worker count? Was it Heart of the Swarm? I think it was a late, later part of Heart of the Swarm, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the intention was to have bases mine out faster, you're, ex you're expanding quicker, you're multitasking more. Uh, it was a good uh, switch up to the game. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, so you're you're a Protoss player. You eventually land in Protoss in StarCraft II. Let's talk about the different matchups as a Protoss player. Uh, what is your favorite matchup? To be honest, uh, my favorite matchup will be Protoss versus Terran. Or either way, Terran versus Protoss. Because I feel although it's... I feel that um, the matchup itself has a lot of potential though. Even be it for the Protoss or for the Terran. I mean, you could see that there's a lot of different ways to play Protoss. I mean, recently we can tell that in the recent matter with Hero playing against Te uh, Maru, it's a different, really a different style. And from what I see, normally Protoss would be uh, very re reliant on higher tech higher tier units and compared to Terran. Yeah. So you can see that uh, with Hero he's playing differently. And Terran there is also a lot of different ways. I haven't seen in StarCraft 2 Terran play Mech against Protoss though. Which is a little bit hard if you are not smart enough to counter. Yeah. So in this regard I feel TVP and PVT has a lot of potential. It's not that I don't like other matchup, but I uh, I feel this matchup would be way more interesting as compared to the others. Mm. Okay, so your your favorite matchup is PVT. I agree with a lot of what you said there. It's a very dynamic matchup. The meta has really evolved. There's a lot of options for Protoss and Terran. We see, uh, I think last season of GSL, we saw Astrea do like a proxy gateway and chronoing a, a stalker against Terran and really trying to get like a can a cheeky cancel on the natural expansion building. Like you said, we're seeing Hero really innovate Protoss as a race, not only in PBZ with the gateway style, but he's really playing he's playing Protoss as a Zurich. And now he's I haven't really caught the recent games this season with Maru against Maru, but I I was watching what was it? Uh Classic, the classic match, the first one of season three this past week. I forgot it was classic versus it was classic versus Maru, and I think classic um, was playing was it Phoenix? Yes, I mean, yes. but that's he played Phoenix like two games in a row. Uh, no spoilers here, but um, I think he just came back from the military too. But yeah, there's a lot of options for both. We see Mind Drop. I think is still popular as Terran versus Protoss. Um, yeah, just a lot of options, and it makes for a really... The game can go one-sided very quickly, and that's what makes it so, like, sitting on the edge of your seat type of matchup. Yeah, that's the thing. 
Okay, so let's move on to the next question here. As a player, what's your favorite unit in the game? Oh, actually, this is hard though. There will be a certain. No, I'm like those type of person, right? Listening to the music, right? I could listen it one song on repeat for a damn long time. So if you want me to pick a unit, right? I guess for StarCraft 2, it'll be the same as well. If I use have the feel for that unit, I will use like a long time in whatever matchup. But if you want to say a favorite unit, um, in StarCraft 1, I used to like Dragoons a lot. But when StarCraft 2 came out, Dragoon was being removed from StarCraft 2. And Stalker was being replaced with it. So I guess you could say Stalkers. Stalker. Because I like Bling. Yeah, I love, I love Bling a lot, though. So I guess that's the beauty of uh, Stalker as well. Do you play that Bling style against Protoss where... Is that still is that still in the meta where you snipe the uh the stim? <laughs> you snipe um, the you snipe the stim right before it finishes. <laughs> I do used to practice a lot of the uh gateway attack because it's deadly. As you mentioned, I would snipe off stim for uh, if I could, but right now most of the match I would open with uh in the my first tech would usually open to bling though. To be honest. Bling wasn't that um Bling wasn't that useful. I mean uh, there wasn't much people using Bling in the early days of StarCraft 2. I'm not sure if you remember, but most of them would prefer charge over Bling though. I feel that one of the reasons why now people are using opening with Bling as much is because it's really versatile. You can use it offensively. You can use it defensively as well. In terms of defensively, I think one of the reasons is because the medivac has a speed boost. That's why I guess nowadays Protoss, if you open up with Bling, you'll be much safer. If not, the medivac would be would get away with it though. Last time we uh, there used to be no boost. So if let's say you would have research, you have Bling stalkers, then you have defended the drop easily. As compared to now, at least there's still chance for a medivac to get away, even after blink. <laughs> I mean, because of blink anyway. So yeah, I guess uh, blink stalkers make it simple. Yeah, I, I don't really remember seeing a lot of blink stalkers in the early days of StarCraft 2. And I'm actually learning more about the Protoss as a race through you in this conversation. It's the first race that I played and I, and I primarily played it in wings and now I've switched to random as full time. So this conversation has already been very insightful because I haven't thought about blink in terms of defense. I've always see it as an offensive type of, uh, aspect of the game, but I, I understand what you're talking about now, where the, the medevac is coming into your base, it's going to drop, you know, upwards of four mines at a time and you know, you want to snipe the medevac to prevent it from happening again. Well, you want to pull your probes, of course, but I never thought about using blink as a defensive type of move. I guess you watch too much parting stream, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> blink as an offensive too. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next question here. So uh, what is your current MMR range? Oh, my MMR range is about, I guess, three point. Two to three point five on actually I'm playing on 
I played on two servers, but right now I'm more active on the Korean led uh Korean server. I guess my MM actually my MMR okay, let me make sense. My MMR it on the NA server is actually three about three point two to three point five. My Korean ladder is about three K to three point two. Yeah. So it's around that range. Uh Diamond two uh on NA server and plat one on uh Korean server. Yeah. Hmm. that really makes sense the the korean it's kind of i don't understand how the korean server i understand it's arguably the mo most difficult server but i i really think eu now is the most difficult server in terms of skill considering the peak mmr of the entire game is eu but that does make sense the different mmr differences na versus korea so let's talk about the different servers so you you play on that was one of my questions for you actually is which servers mm -hmm. do you play on but what is the best latency for you so you're in singapore and yeah. which server has the best you know latency for you is it north north america or is it korea actually the fact is north america might have a better better latency for me but however it needs to be from the player needs to be from a neighboring country where NA is actually merged with Southeast Asia and Australia, which we don't, we have no idea why we should have merged with Asian server instead. Asian server on Korea and Taiwan, I'm getting less than a hundred though. But if let's say I were to meet anyone from the Western region or central region in the US, it would go up to 200 ping though. Australia is still fine, it's less than 150. But I feel in that regard, right? The Korean ladder with Taiwan and Korea itself, right? Might be lower for me. It, it usually is less than a hundred. Yeah. Of course if I meet a lo fellow local Singaporean, it's definitely less than ten. <laughs> yeah. So it varies though. And I don't really play that much on any server right now so i guess that doesn't really matter yeah you are let me think about this you are the first guest on the podcast that is not from uh north america so congratulations to you and <laughs> yeah if i was in your position i would i would probably exclusively play on uh on korea server based on being under 100 ping i try to play on eu from na west and I get similar ping to what you get to, uh, to for NA, where it's two one fifty two hundred. And to me, I know it's an RTS. It we're not talking about, you know, Apex Legend or Valorant or Apex Legends or the the first person shooters that need that insane FPS. But still, I, I do feel like, you know, you're you're doing the micro in parallel with the, the macro. Especially when you're like having a fight, having games that are 150 to 200, it feels like a slideshow to me. Like I'm playing on PowerPoint mode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing because I uh, asked other fellow streamers as well if they were not in US, they would want to play on Korean ladder as well. Though, like what you mentioned just now, yeah, they they left it. They leave it out because of the pig. That's why they are not playing on the Korean ladder. If not, I guess they would be playing on the Korean ladder as well. Most of, 
most of the pro gamers in Korea are playing definitely on Korean ladder. So I guess that is why most of the other streamers will want to play on that server as well, no? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I log into Korea probably at least once or twice a season just to check what the Grandmaster ladder looks like. I might play upwards of 10 games on Korea a season. I think I always get put into gold or something. <laughs> that is really... Yeah, I have no idea how... Why is the Korean ladder in terms of MRI is so different though? Yeah, it's yeah. it's initially it's drastically different. I think if you play a lot of games, it'll calibrate to where you really are. Mm -hmm. But the play style for Korea is, from what I've seen at least, it's, it's more unconventional. It's more risky. Uh hyper aggressive, I would say. Yeah, that's true though. Yeah, times I I can't stop for one base push. Yeah, so yeah, not as a like you mentioned they are not as aggressive as other server though. But you might be a little in terms of the current overall play, you might be better in overall rounder, I feel, in terms of macro and even uh being aggressive right yeah definitely yeah i do i would agree eu is a more well-balanced server in terms of macro versus aggressive aggressive styles so on the topic of aggressive styles what is your favorite cheese per matchup let's start off with <laughs> let's start off with pvp okay to be honest right i don't usually cheese i Markua, but i used to because i feel that if let's say right uh, you were to cheese your way up the ladder, right? Then when you meet a player who knows how to hold your cheeses, right? You're not going to make it in macro then. There's no point. But now that we're on this topic, right? In terms of cheese, right? I mean... Since I started playing Bro War, right? In terms of cheese, right? I would say Cannon Rush. <laughs> Cannon Rush is a rather more classic and popular among products, I guess. Be it PvP? PVZ or PVT, yep. But if a PVT, I might try to go for a proxy gate. That is really popular during World War days because they only have Marines to defend against Zealots. As compared to StarCraft 2, they have Reapers. So it's, there's a slight difference. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say Cannon Rush. Because at the end of the day, Cannon Rush, actually, you need to understand a lot about the maps, right? To make sure that you have an effective way of gaining an edge over your opponent player. I mean, I'm not sure if you remember, there's this one match, uh, GSL, where Parting faced against Solar. There was this one map I couldn't remember. Parting was playing a pylon onto the ramp, and Solar couldn't get his drone out. Everybody was like, what the F is going on? <laughs> so initially, the Void Ray prop, I guess, uh, yeah, it was a boxy point ray, void ray with kill battery, I guess. In the end, that game, Solar lost. <laughs> so it's a little bit ridiculous. So you got to be really smart about cannon rushes. Yeah, because of the way how... Even like for Protoss, there's a glitch, right? When you build a pylon in between the mineral line, you could squeeze the probe out. So that one, you got to be real smart about that. I think it takes a lot of practice as well, though. For that to happen <laughs> yeah there's a lot of i would agree with you there's a lot of misconceptions about cannon rushing when you're playing against it and you lose it's one of the worst feelings in the game 
you if if you aren't in control of your temper you could just want to uninstall uninstall the game <laughs> but i mean i've been playing cannon rushing i have i have a stream series where i only cannon rush as protoss and i have a blast it's fun it's fun i call it mac and cheese that's the, the name of the series and it's it's fun it's if you win you win and it's it feels really good if you lose you don't feel as disappointed because it's like, well, what did I really invest into it? I didn't macro a 20 minute game. I wasn't a, a 40 minute long mirror matchup where I just lost and I tried so hard. It was a four minute game. And, but at the same time, cannon rushing, I do believe is a bit misunderstood. We're not, we don't see it at the high level, highest of level, the pro games. We might see it at like the, in GM amateur or like a, not amateur, but semi-competitive players. I know in North America, rocker who's uh, in control's brother, he does cannon rushing. He actually did that versus creator, I think a month or two ago, several times in the tournament. <laughs> and he actually won. He did, he did the cannon rush behind the mineral line. It was the previous map pool. And I think creator, uh, he didn't read it or he didn't look into, you know, with the severity of it initially during the gameplay. And he under uh, underestimated is the word I'm looking for. Uh, creator underestimated this North American top Protoss GM player. And yeah, you're right. You have to talk, you have to understand where you're going to place your pylons, where you're going to place the cannons. It sounds silly, but it's the decision-making is incredibly important. Uh, and the reaction time is incredibly important as a cannon rusher. Hmm. Technically you are the architect of your own cannon rush build, uh, cannon rush, cannon rush cheese. So yeah, you gotta be pretty smart about that though. For sure. For sure. Okay, next question. Uh, what are your goals as a player? So you're in you're in Diamond Two right now, as Protoss. Do you have concrete goals? Like, I think I've seen some streamers. They have, like, Shu. She's a she's a Terran uh, Masters Terran player. She's in her stream bio. She has goals like by this date I'm gonna be Masters Three. I think it was last year she achieved that goal, and then I think she most recently achieved Masters Two as as Terran. Uh, congrats to her, but it, this is the kind of example I'm wondering. Uh, you as a player, do you have similar type of goals? Okay, to be honest, I really envy you <laughs> with her getting into Masters because ever since I, I think I started playing back StarCraft, uh, that period of time, it actually took me, because I, like I mentioned just now at the start of the podcast, right? Uh, it was an on and off thing for me. So for me to get to Diamond Tree also, it took me 10 years though, to be honest. Which two years ago where I started playing aggressively, I mean, seriously. Um, but then after that, I started watching everybody's stream and I got to know Shui also. Uh, yeah, like I noticed she has a date that she wants to reach a certain level at this uh time so i was uh i hope that i could do it as well but i envy her because right now right uh i just finished my study so i'm trying to pay off my loans and everything uh and i started working and it's in service line so i wouldn't have the energy to play as much starcraft as i do because i used to do food delivery as well 
So at that time, right, uh, it's a own time own target thing. It's actually freelance, so uh, it's really up to me to plan when I want to play StarCraft and when I want to do work in terms of food delivery. So that period of time was aiming for masters at least end of the year, which is last year though. And starting of this year, I didn't manage to achieve it, but starting of this year, I wanted to aim for masters as well. But the thing is, I started work in May. It's about three months now, and I noticed that they are really understaffed. And almost a f one, at least one day a week, I'm working fourteen hours. So, which is ridiculous. And I'm hoping to get masters by the end of this year. But with the rate I'm going right now, it's September, and I'm still stuck at Diamond Two. I don't think I'll be able to achieve that for now, though. I guess I get to push my schedule a little bit behind. Yeah, but eventually I think I will get there though. But one or another one of reason is because I have been practicing against Terrence a lot other than the other matchup. So that might be a little bit of a problem because it might cause me to forget how to play against Zerg or against Horos even. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. So just to recap your your answer here and the question for the folks that are just tuning in, we had a raid oh. for we had a raid from Anakitas Mavi. Thank you for the raid. Oh. Uh, uh, Sixty three people. Welcome Thanks, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> so the question here, uh, this is the Grassroots Starcraft Two podcast. I've got Dreamer Toss here, uh, Diamond Two Protoss player and streamer. The question here was, um, what are your goals as a player? I, I cited Shu, who's a Masters 2 Terran player. She has a lot of goals and she's achieved them. And you said, Dreamer Toss, that you're envious. You're kind of envious of her. I am as well. She's she's made great progress. So I think we're, we relate in that way. We also relate, Dreamer Toss, and how we it took us both 10 years, roughly, to go um, to get to, to Diamond. To, to, we're both Diamond 2 type of players. And I think your answer really is correct. It's really about the combination of your personal life and how much time you're wanting to, or rather can dedicate to such a competitive game, right? It's about, you know, grinding out not only ladder, but maybe custom games. Like you said, you've been playing a lot of PVT recently, so you're, you might be more versed in PVT and then, but the, then the other matchups you might might have you might like kind of forget a build order a bit or a little bit more rusty and i i do experience that as well when i did main zerg uh so now i'm may i'm playing random as main and and now i have nine matchups to worry about but <laughs> that's a different story i mean that would be good for you though once i mean if you do play other off race right as in you do off race right um you understand actually the game even more i feel that's why you see that even like for players like us, right, who main like maybe Prodos, you play against a pro gamer, even they off race, right, they will be playing much better than uh you think against a person who is diamond because they understand pretty much all the matchup pretty well as compared to us. You see. So I feel that even if you play in random, right, it'd be really good to understand um the game itself because of timing and the mechanics uh, uh in terms of each and every matchup for sure for sure okay um on the topic of off racing 
you know, we've, we're seeing people like, you know, Rainer playing Protoss and in the highest level of tournaments, uh, we're seeing pros off race. I think I saw recently cats now plays random as his main race instead of Zerg. He played it in EPT this week, EPTNA rather. And so my question to you, Dreamer Toss is, do you ever off race or are you strictly Protoss? I mean, at the end of the day, I do off race at the end of at the end of the day, I do off race because StarCraft is a game with three races. But I think in terms of off racing, right, I think Terran, like I mentioned, Terran would be a very fun race to play with. That's, I mean, a fun race to play around with in terms of with dropships. I mean, not dropship, dropship. Dropship was a StarCraft 1 unit. I mean, Medibags, Marine Marauders. I mean, that's the most fun. I feel that's the most fun because you're dropping everywhere. If your APM is good, I mean, if your multitasking is good enough to drop, right, then fine. But I don't think it's possible for me because you still got to macro up while dropping. So it's very taxing on the APM. Then Zerg, I do... I don't really off-race on ladder. I just playing custom against AI to at least understand how to spread quick, faster, and reject drones, though. For sure, in with Zerg, I'm still learning. I think in terms of terror mechanics, my terror mechanics are not that bad, but it won't be enough for me to get to a diamond for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, I think in StarCraft too, like you mentioned, that some of our pros was uh off racing. Uh, I'm not sure if you because like I mentioned, I do um still um watch uh not only starcraft 2 but also the bro war itself and just a few years ago uh i'm not sure if you know flash the most complete terran in bro war oh yeah he played he played random on asl asl is actually oh uh, interesting it's the G it's yeah. the gsl equivalent for for brood yes. war Yes, correct. So he played random and because he was so good with a Terran, right? Everybody knows that if he was to play Terran, right? Your chance playing against him would be very slim. Because at the end of the day, his nickname is the God. So in the end, he chose to play a random in the ASL itself. To prove, it's, to prove that he's the best player, even better than Boxer. Of course, we could call Boxer the best player of all time, but to me, he's actually the godfather of StarCraft, you see. So in terms with Flash, right, he was playing random and he got into the finals, but eventually he did, he didn't, he, in the end, he did win it, but he still proved that he's very strong. And yeah, so I think off raising, like I mentioned to you just now, it's a very good way to understand the game very well. It goes to show how good Flash is. Flash is in understanding StarCraft, uh, Bro War itself. So, but however, in StarCraft 2, I haven't seen anyone as dominant as like uh, Flash is in Star, uh, in Bro War itself. I would say the cl the closest would be Maru. But going back to the question here, so it sounds like Terran is really the race that you you like to off race. Um, Zerg kind of just playing against AI, so that's understandable. Um, let's let's jump over for time's sake here to the streamer uh, category here of discussion. And I think it would be a good topic to talk about. Maybe you could yeah. even have a, a off racing Terran stream that might be interesting for people <laughs> to see. 
So jump people will be like, what? You're playing Terrant? No products? <laughs> okay, so the first question here, when did you start streaming? Okay, um, interesting story. I started, actually not really interesting. I started streaming after I resigned from my job during COVID. <laughs> so the fact is, um, because during that period of time, right, I was still doing my bachelor arts degree while studying but i realized i have not completed my studies so and covid hits and every day i work we're just seeing nobody in the hotel I, i'm working in a hotel actually used to work at hotel and covid hit hard so the hotel industry is definitely one of the industry that uh was doing badly in the term uh, during that period of time everybody was having a uh, using my hotel was used as a quarantine hotel yeah so in the end right every day we see is people who fly in to singapore and they are being quarantined over there that's all so i don't find it a point to stay in the industry itself although they didn't retrench me but i still don't see a point because my point of working in a hotel is to interact with tourists and guests that is coming to singapore so i resigned from my job itself and uh, then after a while i started working at a medical post uh, to help with covid and it's a office job where i start at six and end at five so technically every day it's a fixed schedule and when i got home right i get to stream so this is when i thought to myself oh maybe i should get a webcam and go youtube and find out how do you stream and do all the simple setup and before then, I was watching already watching Shui stream. Yeah, I saw Shui tuning in. I was already watching Shui stream when she was playing StarCraft. So I thought to myself, should I stream? Yes, no. I used to have a Twitch account, but I didn't use it to stream. But I'm just on the viewer point, uh, viewer point of view. So I was watching. I thought maybe I should stream as well. It might be fun though. Simple stream, nothing complicated. So yep. So that was when I have a fixed schedule. Yeah. I mean a fixed timing that I got home so I get to stream. As compared to now, I don't stream that much is because and I don't play StarCraft that much is because my when I reach home my timings can be a little bit irregular. So yeah, that was when I started streaming. Okay. So just to recap your answer here, you started streaming, it sounds like at the beginning of COVID, maybe two years ago, uh, when yeah. your, your job was really impacted by it. Uh, you had resigned from that job. You had a little bit more time on your hands to have a regular streaming schedule. As a Twitch viewer, you were inspired by other streamers like Shu, Masters Terran player here in the chat. And <laughs> yeah, so na nowadays you have maybe a little bit less time to stream. and. You know, that's all right. And you said about the irregular hours, and I'm not sure if you're referring to your time zone versus other viewer time zones necessarily. I'm not sure if, that, if that's what you're referring uh, to, but if it, if uh, it no. was, okay. It's my working hours, actually. It's okay. my working hours, the time that I got home, that's why. Mm. Okay, got it. Mm. Yeah, like you said, if you're doing upwards of 14 hour shifts, um, you probably just, I want to face plan into a bed at that point. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I feel. 
Okay. And as far as your, when you did stream more, right. Or even the streams you do today, um, what type of streams do you enjoy broadcasting and do you like try hard Starcraft streams or a bit more interactive, but what's, what's the feeling of your stream? Like if I'm a first time viewer of your stream. Okay. Um, of course at the end of the day, when you play Starcraft, you want to be good. However, on the other side, you're a streamer, you want to be a little bit more interactive. So I'm actually working a little bit of both bit by bit. Yeah. So as I mentioned that that time when I was still, that time when I just started streaming, I was still on platinum one. So slowly I climbed up to diamond one and diamond two. So that itself, I feel I still want to showcase my, a little bit of my skill on the stream itself. At the, at the other side of the story, I would want to be a little bit more interactive on my stream as well. Nowadays, I'm actually watching uh, another Twitch streamer that posts videos on YouTube on how to make your stream a little bit more interactive, mostly with OBS plugins. So in terms of that, I'm slowly working towards it. I have already inserted a few um, interactive uh stuff and plugins into my channel but i have yet to stream yet so i'm slowly working on that and uh, other widgets i can put it to make my stream a little more interesting and yeah at the end of the day i want to showcase my talent as well in terms of chakra so it's a lot of actually to be honest it's a lot of work to put behind if you really want to stream to be interactive yeah Definitely. Yeah. So it sounds like you're really trying to target the interactive type of stream. You still want to put on your best performance and you did demonstrate to your viewers that, and congratulations, you know, going from platinum three to diamond two as a streamer, it's definitely more difficult than if you just play the game without, without streaming. Right. <clears throat> so if you're just playing the game, you're not, if you have two monitors, let's say, if you're just playing the game, you do not have to worry about the chat, um, what people are asking in chat, or, you know, if, if people are asking questions or if they're interacting with one another, one another, if you need to moderate your chat, there's a lot of little things going on in your head as a streamer that can preoccupy you as a player. So that's a very notable improvement. And I hope that you continue to improve if that's your goal. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and so are you, um, are you an affiliate? Do you have affiliate status on Twitch? Yeah, I'm actually a Twitch affiliate. It definitely took me a while to reach affiliate. But at the end of the day, like I mentioned, you know, bit by bit will eventually get you there though. But to be honest, I tend to get a little bit more disheartened when my progress is slow. I guess it's one of the reasons boils down to that. I can be a little bit more impulsive in terms of my personality. Although most of the time I don't show it, but I will just keep it to myself. But at the end of the day, um, you, when I reach my, when you reach there, right, eventually I'll calm down. So yeah, somewhere, every time when you're almost there, 90% you're there and you get very agitated, you say, we just one more, just one more, just one more. Yeah. So technically, yeah, that is how it is. Rage, rage queuing those games can be so toxic. And the thing about 
being a streamer is you might, some people might have the personality, like we see Woodsicle, right? Like he's very un unfiltered. I don't know if you've watched him. He's an American, yeah, American yeah. Protoss player. He's very, watch him. he's very unfiltered. He's very entertaining, very funny. Um, but that's, I guess he, ha he has no problem being unfiltered. Right. And it's, it's awesome to watch. I, I don't wish for him to have the, those feelings that he does. I wish that he was able to re maybe regulate his emotions more, but the entertainment value is there. But I, for me personally, as a streamer, you still naturally have those feelings of like, let's say you lose to a cannon rush. Me personally, when I'm on camera, when I'm on stream, I try not to demonstrate that as much, but when you're telling me your story, I kind of imagine we got dreamer toss, we're streaming some Protoss. Let's say you get into like a, a losing streak. I can just imagine you turning off your stream and then slamming on your keyboard. I don't think that's actually what's happening, but that's what's kind of being portrayed in my mind a bit. So that's, that's at the back of my head when I'm on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure though. I mean, musical, that's his charm though. Like you mentioned, I watch him a few times, right? I, when I'm supposed to get to bed, I don't even want to leave because I know he's going to like rage and everything. At the end of the day, like you mentioned, is the end of the, end the table value of his stream though. Not everybody can dance that. Everybody has his own different charm, but he's his one hell of an awesome dude, man. <laughs> For sure. Shout out to Wootsicle. If you're not following him or subscribe to him, uh, check him out on Twitch. W-O-O-T-S-I-C-K-L-E. Free shout out for Wootsicle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then similar question about goals. I asked you, what are your goals as a player? But now I'm going to ask you, what are your goals for streaming? So you're, you're getting more creative. You said with the OBS plugins, you want to have a bit more interactiveness with your chat, with your viewers. What, what are your goals as a streamer? Do you want to be a um, partner, let's say? At the end of the day, I will be lying if I don't want, I say that I don't want to be a partner of Twitch, but I would say that we have, we would have, I would, I mean, I would have to take it slowly though. At the end of the day, bit by bit though. Of course, right now I don't really have a big term goal to reach in the partners, but in terms of goal, I would say as much as I don't want to, um, uh, what do you say as much as i don't want to look onto the number of viewership i have per stream on average i would like to have at least on average a 20 viewership that is good for me because at the end of the day right i just want to do a little bit of this and a little bit of uh that i mentioned uh to play well in starcraft as well and for the stream to go well as well so i don't think you can do all at once unless you're very good at multitasking which I'm not sure which pro gamers uh, does that as well. You notice the variation though, if you're good at the game itself, right? Your interaction with the friend on your interaction with the chat might not be as good, but however, some of them are not so good in the game itself, right? Their interaction might be a little bit more with the viewer. So in terms of stream goal, at the end of the day, in terms of stream goal, right? I would like on average 20 viewership but I, of course in term, in that regard right i will make my stream more uh, a little bit more interactive i guess maybe like more points on the stream to activate some punching me on the face on the stream <laughs> something like this because i'm looking out 
any possible ways to make it more fun as well though for sure a, a fun and, and a unique stream if you can bring that to the table it would help differentiate you between yourself and really any other starcraft streamer out there we've got mr dave testa in the chat and i know his stream personally <laughs> is very uh he has a lot of options for channel points right i i remember his stream was one of the first that i had experienced as a viewer where the text-to-speech channel points option was <laughs> is fairly low right and that's as, yeah. a, as a viewer that's what i enjoy about dave's stream aside from his excellent casting uh he's cast a billion tournaments at this point and he's going to cast a billion more but as a viewer dave has the channel points uh craziness which i think we all enjoy right yeah that's for sure though i mean you can see that different viewers they got reference from different places when i was watching dave's stream right most of the references reference right he got from star wars <laughs> Which oh, is interesting. Right. Oh, a, a gentle reminder, too, from Mr. Dave Testa as well. He is a ladder player as well. He is a, a heavy ladder player, a very serious ladder player. He plays a lot of games. So it's, it's he's not just a caster. I, I, uh, Dave correcting me there. Thank you, sir. He is. He plays the game a lot. Plays it more than me, for sure. So. Okay, so the channel point value in Dave's, Dave's stream, I, I forgot this was in the number. It's... It's uh 69 points. So just uh <laughs> actually oh my oh my gosh, I for, I forgot to mention this, but um I actually underneath my hoodie here, I'll have to pan down my camera. I'm actually wearing let me pan down my hoodie. I'm wearing Dave's shirt. Dave, let me try to pan down my camera my camera or I'll have to stand up here. I am I am wearing I am wearing the shirt. I'm Maybe we should get one too. <laughs> I am wearing the sock on shirt. <laughs> Yeah, so, I want to have a look too. If you don't have a sock on shirt, um, I won't say the full phrase of that, but if you don't have the sock on shirt, definitely go purchase purchase it. It's a very reasonable <laughs> price for a shirt. And, and Dave, I have to say that we're getting a bit off topic here, but the quality of the shirt, <laughs> the quality of the shirt compared to other streamers, I'm going to say it is better. I won't say the other streamers' names, but the size that I purchased, I'm very happy with. Sometimes I have challenge with the length of the shirt. The length of this is, is excellent. Okay. That's nice. Man. We'll jump back on the topic here. Um, <laughs> so last question in the streamer category, who are your favorite streamers to watch? We've already, you've already mentioned a couple of streamers, but who, who do you, when you're, you're hopping on Twitch, maybe after a long day of work or even before work, right? Who do you like to watch? Okay. To be honest, right. This fellow right, has been recently my favorite streamer, though. I guess you would agree with me. It's actually niche StarCraft 2 observer. <laughs> because I didn't know he was actually streaming until I was watching. Uh, I watch a lot of TikTok, though, while on my way, uh, on, on my way to work on the train and the bus. I was scrolling TikTok and StarCraft was on one of my um search bar and niche his feeds keep coming out with all his creative posts so in the end i got to know that he himself is actually streaming so i got to engage with him and niche is one example where he's very interactive with uh tweet chat as well as well as um i would say forensio he's really good though 
with his mentality of streaming and the way he's playing StarCraft, he's always so calm. No matter how uh, a huge battle is, he's always so peaceful and calm. So I guess both of them, it's really very good. And to be honest, credit to both of them though. They were mentioning if I need any help in terms of engaging with the community and help with like uh, podcasts or any content creation, right? I could actually virtually drop by their Discord and ask for help and they will be glad to oblige to help me with it in terms of content creation though. Yeah. That's what's so great about this community. Like you're saying, you know, you watch Nish, uh, AKA the Starcraft Observer, you watch Florencio. Um, both of these are, are definitely more prominent figures in the community and they still have a nice character. You know, they want to help you out with building up your stream or kind of community engagement topics. So that's really cool to hear, especially on a grassroots show. Okay. Let's go into the last topic here as a fan. Um, we've kind of previously spoke about pro games, past pro games. You were talking about Harding versus Solar game with a proxy void ray and battery earlier in this episode. But the first question for you, Dreamer Toss, is who are your favorite pro players? And let, let's talk about current pro player that's still that's still playing to this day. Okay. To be honest, the current pro player, right? It has got to be a Protoss player, but however, uh, yeah, it has got to be a Protoss player. For now, it's Hero for Shredder. I've seen he, uh, Hero himself uh, did well since his IEM days. Though. I even took a picture of it that I share onto my Twitter as well and on my stream. So it has got to be Hero, but he's always playing such a weird uh, way. Uh, the way he plays with Protoss is very weird. You don't really follow your um, your usual way of playing Protoss. Yeah, so he plays weirdly and that might be one of the reasons why he ever won a GSL last time. I mean, another player that we can think of doesn't play uh, your usual Protoss is actually SOS who retired. Yeah, but I think that has got to be Hero though. For sure. For the current player. I do have... Uh, in terms of the current meta, I do have players which is not Protoss. Uh, and it's actually Innovation. No? <laughs> it's in the military right now. So yeah. I don't... I'm not sure if it counts. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, Innovation still counts. He's not a current player, but... He's, he's in the military, and we previously sp spoke about this in this episode. Hero really is redefining Protoss as a race. You know, he's in the top tier GSL. He's redefining PVZ. Um, I'm really happy. Uh, I'm sad that Tastosis is not currently together casting uh, Season 3 GSL right now. You know, Arto Artosis has moved to Canada. Um, but to see its state now that's casting GSL with Tasteless... And like I said, the, the Protoss game that I was listening to earlier, just them talking about Hero, this player that you really enjoy, redefine the meta. It, it's great to see. And I, I almost, as a fan, I, 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 should, I feel like I expect that of, of these pro players. Sure, their mechanics are top tier, their decision-making is crisp, but I, ex I almost expecting innovative new styles 
And it's it's so refreshing to see a player like Hero reinnovate a race with minimal balance patch changes, right? Yeah, very soon people is going to say gateway units are a little bit OP. You got enough gateway units for sure <laughs> with Hero playing. Yeah, if Hero keeps it up, we, we might we might see a gateway nerf. Uh, <laughs> You know, kind of like what, how Beyond and freaking Reapers or MMA and Blue Flame Hellions, uh, you know, you see a player excel at a certain unit and it actually might even influence uh, the intern of flipping a bit. <laughs> which is crazy though, I feel. Yeah, I think that's the charm of RTS game. Though. Yeah. Okay, so next question here for you. Um, have you been to any pro tournaments? In like in person. Okay. Yeah. In terms of that, right? Um. Definitely, I am Singapore, two thousand and twelve and two thousand and thirteen. Uh, I'm not sure if you know Warcraft Free Pro Grubby. Yeah, I met Grubby yep. as well. Yeah, I met Grubby and Kalaris. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> European English caster, and obviously Hero himself. That was in two thousand three when I met Hero and. Yeah, quite a lot. Of D I met DRG as well during IEM Singapore. Yeah, and early days of StarCraft, there was Warcraft. So I did when it was in, held at a local cyber cafe. So I went as well. Um, and for sure, I went Korea. I did went to GSL. That was when I saw Rain. I'm not sure. The, offen uh, the passive defensive Protoss, another version of stats and parting as well so that was the day when i went to gsl studio and it was i remember it was a round of it and we have six protosses and one terran one Zerg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was the day where i think it was three protoss and one terran <laughs> yeah so gsl as well uh other than that i guess there just this three iem IEM, GSL, and uh, Barcroft in Singapore. Wow. Yeah. All right. So you're you're the first guest that has I think been to on the podcast that has been to not only pro events but you're the first guest on the podcast that has been to a GSL live, and I'm very mm. jealous of you. I'm very envious. Uh, I would love to go to Korea, experience GSL live, if I get the opportunity, in hopefully the near future. I would take that opportunity. So let's, let's talk about, I really want to ask you more about GSL cause this interests me. Um, what kind of, what kind of a flight is that for you from, let's say Singapore, you know, Singapore to Korea. Do you remember? You mean the duration? The duration, right. Oh, it's about five and a half hours to six. If it's a direct flight. Okay. Yeah. So what we're talking like a cross country U S flight here. Um, pretty much like a one day of travel, not, not too bad. Um, and back in, when you went to the GSL back then stats was playing, um, some players that kind of are no longer playing rain, for example, it sounds like it was more Protoss dominant in terms of the race back then. I think now we see hopefully more of an even distribution. I, if anything, we see less Protoss in the top tier, you know, I mean, ironically previous season Protoss winning. A GSL, but it was for the first time in five years, right? Yes. First yeah, time in sure. first time in five years we had a Protoss win a GSL. 
So that that is so exciting to hear that you got, you got to experience GSL and an IEM. Uh, I've been to an IEM before, uh, IEM San Jose in California, but I yeah. I can imagine something something like IEM Singapore would be even more of a a grand experience. Do you want to talk more about IEM Singapore? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, most the of the event, right? It's almost the same, but but okay, <laughs> kind of having the chills right now. Dan and Nick's uh, term. But at the end of the day, right, when you're watching, uh, when you're live at the event, right, I mean, you really get hyped up for it. And because, right, some of the games are not played on main stage, right, and some of the PC are down behind. So you actually get to see them in person, right in front of you, with their keyboard and their mouse, their movement and everything. And you can look at their screen as well. You can see how good the pro gamers really are though i mean that is something that i think i mean not to overrate it but that is something i could see as a view right even better when you're at the top of the mountain what looking over the scenery so i feel yeah there's something you can't buy and also also like the community everybody is around there and all the pro actually all the players are almost like all the players are almost like a normal human being as well. It's just that the reason why they are there is because of their profession. But their profession is to show you games, uh, show you games, entertainment, and you can see that it's really something I would say money can buy. Yeah. I couldn't agree with more what you said about the experience and the magic of an in-person professional tournament, right? You're talking about some of these pro players, when you're watching them on stream, you might have a little bit of stargazing eyes where you might see them and they're these gods of StarCraft, but you go in person and you see they're human just like us. But what's really, as a fan and especially as a player, if you're trying to improve yourself, like you said, seeing them play physically in person, seeing their mouse set up, seeing the keyboard, it's, it's eye-opening, right? Uh, especially if they don't stream at all. A lot of them, a lot of the top tier players don't really stream all that much or if they do it's uh few mm. few i'm talking about the really top tier players right um mm. like Serral. yeah i mean maru literally doesn't stream that i'm aware of a lot of the top korean players just straight up don't stream so it's really it's really amazing and magical to see the pro players playing in person right in right there in front of you some of the tournaments you can stand right behind them i know gsl is a is a studio style so you're kind of seeing them from the crowd but it, it, you're still it's different than sitting down on your chair at home and or on your phone in a mobile application I mean, you know i mean at the end of the day when you watch right they could i give you a virtual tour but i tell you you're gonna have i'm actually having goosebumps even telling you about this when i walk down the walk i mean the l the walkway towards the studio itself right you could see that season one open champion all the way and even the gstl which is the team league all the champions picture over there with their winning the trophy and kissing trophy is like although it's not me that's winning or everything but then it's really amazing to see like in terms of uh professional games how far it has come as mentioned by dan and nick as well and I'm not sure for you, but 
just to sidetrack a little bit, I'm not sure for you, but in Asian country, right, we're always told that you got to study hard, you grow up, get a job, instead of stop playing or stop wasting your time playing games, you're not going to get you anywhere. But look how far we have come in this regards. But however, of course, not everyone can make it in terms of uh, being a professional gamer and stuff. But I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, right, there's other routes that you, uh, a person can take uh be uh related to gay uh related to the community itself doesn't necessarily means that you have to be a professional game you see yeah but i think nowadays people uh feels uh slightly different in that regards in terms of gaming i don't think it's a waste of time because i think to me it's a sport because at the end of the day why are people Play, uh, on a weekend wasting time playing soccer or football you see because it's an interest I think for us it's just that we're on a computer that's why they are saying that it's a waste of time so yeah <laughs> yeah as the name implies it is it is an esport right I mean it's not a physical activity but certainly there's a lot of mental aspect to not only Starcraft 2 but any other professional esport out there uh so yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more about that. If you want to be, you know, a part of, you know, uh, the gaming community, you don't necessarily have to be a pro player, right? You could be a caster, you could be a content creator, um, you could be a coach. There, There is endless opportunities of how you can be involved. You don't have to be a top tier player. You could be a streamer. There, There's, the, the possibilities yeah. are endless. And I think we as a, society of, of humans you have people you know we're really accepting more that this is the alternative you know you don't have to sit at a job at a desk and you know for for 40 50 years and then you die right i mean if this is something you really enjoy and it makes you happy and and it's it's it, you can make a living off of it in time then that's 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 the way you can go in life Okay, and then uh, let's talk a little bit more about events. You you briefly mentioned Barcraft, so I have a topic here about local events. So it sounds like there might have been some Barcrafts in Singapore. Are those still going on, or was that was like a thing kind of in the past? I think, right. Um, that's actually a thing in the past where I I I'm, I think you would. I'm not sure if you remember. There was actually there used to be WCS regional, so it. it WCS Korea, WCS Europe, and WCS America. So it was divided into three. I think the reason is because the community manager was planning a barcraft only during that period of time. But after, uh, I have no idea after when, uh, maybe after, maybe Heart of a Song came out, there wasn't any, I noticed there wasn't any barcraft as well. But to be honest, barcraft, it's actually quite fun. I used to watch only GSL, so I only care about players, obviously Koreans playing in GSL, but I noticed that there are also quite a lot of StarCraft 2 players in my country, locally in Singapore as well. So at the end of the day, right, if you get to know anyone local, anyone from your local community, right, it will be good because at the end of the day, they would be of much help to you as compared to you learning yourself alone. Um, yeah, for event, local events, there isn't any right now, but at the end of the day, 
me and a few other from the local community are actually planning something maybe in Malaysia to get Singapore and Malaysian players together. Uh, they were saying like the event they can give us, let us use for free. But at the end of the day, it has to be StarCraft related though. Yeah. So any other local events? I would like to plan one myself though, to be honest. Because I noticed I've played so much StarCraft and I play so much game, but at the end of the day, I still love StarCraft. Although I can say that some other games are good, better at other games. Uh, some other games I would be better at than StarCraft, but I would like to create one of my own local events. Yeah, maybe uh, even invite players from neighboring countries to drop by and come for the event, play for show matches, and it's in person, not on stream, you see. So, although it's not, uh, I couldn't get any sponsor for them, but it would be nice if they come down and play the show match, to show the community around and stuff. Goes to show the love for the StarCraft community. Yeah. Totally. I don't, I don't think you need a sponsor to start that. You could, you could start a club for free, you know, <laughs> if you want to do a collaboration between Singapore and Malaysia, or even, you know, just sing, start out with just Singapore. And I think you as a brood war, former brood war player and fan and current, you know, Starcraft two player and fan, you might even get more people out of it by just combining the club or the event with Starcraft and Starcraft two, right? Because then you'd have two potential populations of people that would come to the event. You know, maybe you, maybe you just watch ASL one night together somewhere at, a, at a, like you said, some place that a business that might provide that opportunity for everybody to get together, have some drinks or just, you know, enjoy either playing in person together or, or watching together or both. The possibilities are endless, and this is something you could integrate into your your stream and your social media as well. Yeah, that's for sure. That's what I hope to do. I hope to see it, and uh, <laughs> please let me know if you start to do that. Even though I'm over here in North America, I'd be happy to promote such an event. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> for sure. And on that note of promoting events, now we're gonna go into the outro here. And so Dreamer Toss, this is your opportunity to uh, mention your stream. You know, if you want to mention your Twitch ID, the URL for your stream, if you're on any other type of social platforms, YouTube, I know you had mentioned TikTok. You've been, you watched some of the StarCraft Observer on TikTok. Uh, if you're not on TikTok, folks, TikTok is alive and well for StarCraft. So go check out some of the, some of the StarCraft content on TikTok. Uh, but now Dreamer Toss is your time to Go ahead, plug away. <laughs> How should I do this? Okay. Hi, guys. I'm Dreamer Toss over here. I do stream, but currently with my current job right now, I'm not streaming as regularly as I could be. And you could find me on twitch.tv slash dreamer. Uh, D-R-E-A-M-3-R underscore toss dreamer toss so yeah I'm not sure how to do this but yeah and my twitter id I guess it's uh, dreamer as well 
Dreamer T. No, Dreamer. In short form, it's uh, short form for Dreamer Talk. So it's actually D R E A M 3 3 R and T. Yeah, no space. And as much as I could, yeah. If you guys could give me a follow, I hope to see you around my stream. Yeah, hoping to do uh, and interact with you guys more. Yeah, yes, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have. All yeah, right, I showcase my skill as well. <laughs> Excellent. So, gave a shout out to uh, Dreamer Toss in the chat. That's his link there. Go give him a follow, please. He's an honorable Protoss. And yes, I'll have, I'll have all the links in the show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast right now on your podcast platform in the future, uh, the link for his Twitch chat or for his Twitch channel rather will be there. Uh, his Twitter link will be there. Uh, any other social medias that you're on for content creation or is it mostly kind of you're viewing on TikTok? Um, actually TikTok, I'm just viewing on TikTok content creation. I have on YouTube, but I haven't officially opened it yet. So I'm not disclosing as of yet though. But for you guys who are tuning in right now to the podcast, right? Do look out for details uh, when I'm starting creating content. I'll release my YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. Mostly on. I'll release it in the news on Twitch. Like me. Yeah. Okay. Or Twitter. Awesome. Well, looking forward to seeing your YouTube channel. Again, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, Dreamer Toss, uh, Diamond 2 Pro Toss, former Brood War player, uh, still a Brood War fan, um, but it's it's been wonderful chatting with you. And again, thank you to Mr. Nish, aka Starcraft Observer, for indirectly setting up this interview. We were both just watching his stream one night and happened to talk about, hey, what if you came on the podcast? So Nish definitely helped make that happen. And thank you to everybody uh, that tuned in from Anakitos Mavi's stream, the raid there. Really appreciate everybody hanging out. And this podcast will be on all major podcast platforms. They'll be up on my YouTube channel. So if you're listening live, if you're watching live right now, you can go check out those links there I'll provide in the chat. And again, thank you, Dreamer Toss, for your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Mil. Super hype up. All right, take care. Okay, bye.